Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. We've got a really big show coming up, the first show of 2019. Not only do we finally, finally have John Shaw's Yo-Yo Tricks video that we can tell you about, but this show is also going to be all about happiness. How many of us have people who say, wow, that sounds hard? You know, yeah, often we just need to be heard. We don't need someone to fix it. We feel better when we can fix it ourselves, but we need support through that. And so as a certified cuddler, what I do is I do compassionate listening. Well, I've heard so many stories of people claiming to be professional cuddlers who then would like slap the client and take the money and run out the door when they wouldn't like pay more for a blowjob. Because they're personal. So? Okay, fine. I don't want my back to sweat during sex, okay? Leave me alone. That's a good New Year's resolution. (laughs) I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Coming up on this episode, our first guest is Samantha Hess. She is the owner of Cuddle Up To Me, and she is a professional cuddler, which is exactly what it sounds like. How did you get into this? So I started professional cuddling when I was 28 years old, and I had left my now ex-husband and was immediately hit on by all my male friends and realized I felt really unsafe reaching out for this touch that I was so desperately in need of. And one day I'm online, and I see this guy with the free hug sign, and he gets punked, deluxe hugs $2. (laughs) My thought is, oh my god, I would totally pay someone to hug me and not get a boner. How How do I get that? Where's the Starbucks for hugs? And then I realized there had to be other people like me. There there had to be uh, people who needed just touch without all the complications, without all the, like, adultiness of it. And so I decided that if this could be a thing, I was going to make it a thing. And I here I am, six years later, still doing this. When you started this as a business, what convinced yeah. you that, like, oh, this, this, this could work? <laughs> so... For me, it's it's one of these things that um, everybody needs a hug once in a while. Everyone. And we don't have a lot of opportunities to have platonic touch in our adult lives. And I figured, why not create safe spaces for people to overcome their like trauma and challenges and be accepted without all the BS, without all the trouble? Is Were you surprised at the reaction towards it? Yes, people were really polarized about it. So people love it or they hate it, but no one is neutral towards it. So I got a lot of like internet trolls and I got attacked and like I even had someone like pretended to the pretended to like kidnap me and call my parents at 2 a.m. with like asking for a ransom. <laughs> why why? Uh because I hug people for a living and apparently that's really offensive. Why I don't understand. I, I get why people would maybe feel a certain way about it. I don't get why people would be mad. So, well, I, I get the uh, like religious angle of I'm you know destroying marriages and ruining the world that way, and um, you know I, people think I'm a secret prostitute and that you know there's a secret menu, <laughs> all these things that just don't happen. Um, they think that men can't actually cuddle platonically. You know, things like that. And so a lot of people will judge me based in their own fears and insecurities. The first customer, what was that like? Was that kind of an odd experience? 
Oh, of course. Yeah. Back then, when I started this, there was no training. There was no certification. This wasn't really a thing. There were six people in the whole world that had websites even close to this. Uh, and so <laughs> I just like made a waiver and like hired a lawyer to make sure I wasn't like going to go to jail for this. <laughs> and then I interrogated people basically for an hour. Tell me your whole life story. I need to know why you want me to come to your house and cuddle with you. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know how to be comfortable yet. Wait, you went to their house? I was outbound for the first year and a half. It takes a lot of money to have a retail space. <laughs> that seems to me like that's really kind of risky. Sure, but I believe in people. I do. And so for me, if I don't show people trust, uh, then they're never going to give me their trust. And they also have to trust that I'm not going to like <laughs> come back and steal their TV later, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I have had thousands of clients that we've helped now, and it's really beautiful to see the difference that it makes for people. You know, in terms of that, I completely get it. Like, I completely get why somebody would want this. Is there a general kind of pattern that the, your customers fit or anything like that? So our demographics are basically, we, we only accept clients 18 and over because that's what my insurance covers. Um, but outside of that, our, our client base is everyone from self-care to very extreme trauma and everything in between. I mean, who doesn't go through moments where they don't want to rely on their friends or family or people are just going to like tell them how to fix their problems without really listening? This is a place where people can come where they'll be heard and accepted no matter who they are. Like, walk me through what a typical – is session the right word or what's the word that I should be using? Session. There? A session? <laughs> yeah, a session. Like, walk me through how that would – what happens necessarily. So when someone books an appointment, they go through our website and then they come in for a consultation, which is about 30 minutes. We have three pages of paperwork we go over. We make sure that we get a basic understanding of what their boundaries are, what their consent level is, like what they need uh, us to get permission for. And then we go over like the blanket rules, like no touch of swimsuit areas is our basic rule. No kissing anywhere of any kind for any reason. <laughs> yeah. We make sure they understand what the boundaries are. We make sure that they know what our boundaries are outside of just the basic rules. So if there's anything like my knee hurts today, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, I'll make sure they're aware. And I check in with them. We learn anything that they're going to want us to know so that we don't activate them in any capacity you know um and then we actually have 85 different cuddle poses that we use to help uh guide people through a session how did so you got how did you come up with <laughs> 85 cuddle positions i know of i know I, of three i know we practice a lot um it just kind of happens over time so i when I started, I actually wrote a book within the first six months of starting the business called Touch the Power of Human Connection, and I included 19 cuddle poses, but in order to figure out which ones to put in there, I had this like eight-hour-long cuddle day where I invited all my friends over and said, okay, show me everything you know, I'm going to show you everything I know, and then let's try out a bunch of new stuff, and we came up with like 42 poses that day. I started with that, and then uh, now we're up to 85. It's pretty cool. New clients uh, or clients who pick out a new pose if they design it they get to name it okay i'm <laughs> i'm fascinated by this because i just i can't even imagine more than 10 necessarily is there like what yeah. what are some of the more popular ones uh so gummy worm is probably the most popular which is like the squishiest you could possibly be to someone <laughs> Uh, and then there's ones like side pocket, which I'm sure you know, where yeah. one person lays on their back with their arm out and the other person just cozies up next to them on their side. Okay. Uh, there's 
tandem bike, which is like a variation of a spoon where one person will lean into the other and their leg will go over them. So you're kind of like strapped in a little bit. <laughs> uh, we've got the cloak where you like pancake directly on top of someone. <laughs> that's these, these are all legit. Is there somebody that's like, oh, no, I hate cloak. I need you to do this one. Yes, absolutely. People are very particular about their cuddle poses. And we have one specifically for people who've been through trauma and don't have trust or safety. So we can help people. And like some clients, it's taken people as long as six months before they actually incorporate touch into their sessions at all. You guys are very clear on your website that this this is not sexual in nature. What do you do, though? I mean, if, you know, sometimes people, they get excited. Like, how do you handle that? Natural reactions do occur. Sometimes we have as much control over that as we do a sneeze. And so we just ask people to proactively move themselves so that any physical state of arousal is not in contact with the other person. Are they usually kind of embarrassed about it or are they just like, sorry, this happened? Well, you know, everybody's a little different, but this is a safe place. And so people will come in to talk about their porn addictions and they'll come in to talk about their challenges with masturbation and things like that because this is a safe place. Everything they say is confidential. They can talk about sexual things with us knowing that we're not going to judge them. We're not going to tell them how to fix it. But it's a safe place to discuss those things. You don't have a place to discuss them. Um, And, you know, as long as you're not trying to discuss sexual fantasies of us, we're happy to help you, like, verbally work through your own stuff on your own with someone listening it really is amazing to me how many people just kind of need a hug and someone to talk to right exactly i mean how many of us have moms that know how we should be doing everything different in our lives (laughs) how many of us had friends that as soon as we tell them some difficult thing they say well you should do this how many of us have people who say wow that sounds hard you know? Yeah. Often we just need to be heard. We don't need someone to fix it. We feel better when we can fix it ourselves, but we need support through that. And so as a certified cuddler, what I do is I do compassionate listening, where my goal is to listen with the intent to ease your suffering. I'm not here to fix it. I'm not going to change it for you. I'm going to listen to you while you work through your own stuff. Is there any fear in your mind or any concern necessarily in the industry that maybe some people who are coming to you should really be talking to somebody else? So we highly encourage people to get well-rounded support in their lives, and a lot of our clients also seek out therapy or group support, all sorts of alternative medicines and, um, you know, professionals in the support industries. So we, we definitely want people to have more than one opportunity to get support because that avoids codependency, which would make this a very negative situation for people. Kind of the last of this type of question, but do you ever, is there any ever fear in your mind or criticism in the area that this kind of thing could be hurting people because then maybe they're not going out and finding that connection in the real world, so to speak. I think you know what I mean by that. I absolutely know what you mean by that. And for me, it's very possible with someone who's claims to be a professional cuddler without any training that they would guide someone into a potentially harmful situation. My staff and myself go through a minimum of 40 hours of training before we're allowed to take on paying clients. Uh, And that means that we know how to guide people through. We make sure they get support and they use this as a step to get from point A to point B. Uh, we, We work in very ethical ways to make sure that people have the ways to get to the next step. But I guess in the yeah. sense that, like, someone's not going out and finding someone because they can pay for this. So in my 
blog, I have a blog post called Dear Online Daters. And uh, in there, I describe how in order to date, you have to have as much resilience as the Grand Canyon has space. (laughs) And we don't always have that capacity. And how often are people in the dating world honest with us? How often are we completely honest with other people? This is a great place for people to come and learn how to be comfortable with themselves, learn how to talk to women, learn what the things are that make women uncomfortable about their approaches. We can help guide people and get them better results when they are ready to start dating again. What makes a good cuddler? So what's really interesting to me is that everyone says they're a good cuddler. Yeah, (laughs) everybody does claim it. Everybody claims the title. It's so not a thing. There are so many habits and little things that we do that are super annoying to the people that we spend time with (laughs) that we have no idea we're doing. And so it is really cool to be able to guide people into better habits without having to like verbally explain and create shame around that. And so just by knowing those skills and developing them in ourselves, we're able to help pass that on and give people better cuddle habits. As far as you know, are you the first person that's really established a business in this term, like a brick and mortar kind of business with it? So, yeah, I'm certainly not the first to be a professional cuddler, but I am the first to have a successful and ongoing retail establishment for professional cuddling, yes. But I saw some other places that seem to be more along the lines of your business, this is a professional cuddler, and then I saw some businesses that are claiming to be professional cuddlers, but it really looks like it's just something else, (laughs) like it's just attractive women and men. How do you kind of separate, what do you think about those kind of businesses? So professional cuddling is creating a foundation for it to grow, but there's also a lot of abuse of the word professional cuddling. Um, A lot of people claim to be professional cuddlers with zero training or certification or knowledge of how to do this work in ethical ways, and they often do take advantage of people. I've heard so many stories of people claiming to be professional cuddlers who then would, like, slap the client and take the money and run out the door when they wouldn't, like, pay more for a blowjob like that kind of thing happens all the time and you know if you think you're going into a platonic situation and then they say oh well you know there's you know an extra menu i can do this or i can do that if you pay me this much more that really like hurts everyone who's doing this in an ethical and uh, appropriate way i i'm all for sex work i think it's a really necessary and important thing and it's not what professional cuddling is you know and so we're working really hard to establish the industry creative foundation at cuddle expo in september we actually had the industry heads of the legitimized businesses gather and create a standard ethical model for professional cuddling that will be coming out hopefully this year and we are creating a situation where people have to follow certain standards to be considered a professional cuddler has there ever been a point in the last i think you said six years where you thought this is kind of different (laughs) i mean it's always been that my parents are both artists and so my mom was super excited that instead of taking an office job i decided to create an industry Uh, what I do is very different, and I love it. One of the things that, that jumped out yeah. to me that I kind of wondered about and I saw um, on your website, how important is hygiene in cuddling? <laughs> hygiene is very important. So for us, we have clients who are super allergic to a lot of things, and so we have to be as scent-free as possible, including, like, hair products even. We have to, like, be careful about that. And we do require our clients to follow a hygiene routine as well. Um, And, you know, sometimes they do their best. So, like, we have clients who are homeless, um, and, you know, if they've taken a shower within three days – 
we're going to go with that because that's the best they can do. Um, but it's it's definitely important that people do their best. If you have broccoli in your teeth or if your breath smells like onions, I'm going to tell you because other people are going to be impacted by that too. <laughs> yeah, that seems like sometimes I think that people are not good gaugers of their own personal hygiene. And I would imagine you find that out really quickly. Very true. Very true. And uh, it's, yeah, it's very important that people take care of themselves physically. And it's part of like the self-care regimen that shows that we actually value ourselves, you know? Now, how long will a typical, what's like the shortest session, the longest session that you've done? Uh, So the shortest sessions that we offer are 15 minutes. Uh, The longest I've ever done was 13 hours. That includes (laughs) overnight. So sleeping for eight hours of that time. Um, yeah, I did that for somebody's 80th birthday. It was so sweet. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, you know, that was lovely. His- I've, yeah. This this might be a little personal on my end, but I've always thought, so every, I'm married, and at night my <laughs> wife rubs my back. And, like, yeah. I could not imagine what it would be like if I didn't have that. And, like, that 80-year-old person... Yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. – you, you can totally totally see the importance of something like that. Like what if after 40 years of that, you just suddenly don't have it and you miss it? Yep, exactly. Yeah, that was kind of why I got into this is like, you know, in my marriage, I was uh, with my ex-husband for almost 13 years. We started dating at 15 years old. I spent more than a decade with almost zero touch in my life because we had very opposite needs for touch. And it was a very unhealthy codependent relationship where I didn't have options to get touch anywhere in any capacity. And so for me, like having this option, like made it so much easier for my mindset like even now my uh my boyfriend is not a cuddler and so he has to be fine with me going out and getting cuddles for myself with my friends when i'm done working <laughs> are people clothed fully clothed Do you yes. have rules like okay absolutely people are always fully clothed at our events cuddle parties i believe also require uh you to be fully clothed but what that means may be different from cuddle party to cuddle party are you ready for yeah. the hard questions Absolutely. Challenge me. Go for it. What is the absolute best cuddle position? Gummy worm. That's not a hard po- <laughs> hard one. Which is, and gummy worm, I, gummy worm is gummy what? Worm, it's like the squishiest you possibly could be. So basically, like, imagine that you have a, a bag of gummy worms that you left in your car on a hot day. And when you get back, it's not like individual gummy worms anymore. It's like a mash of colors. Oh, that's... Like, that's that's so. That's just everybody, all limbs wrapped all over the place. Well, it's a it's a one on one pose, so it's not a group pose, but it's amazing. What is the biggest mistake men make when cuddling? Oh, hmm. I think I would say personally the biggest mistake men make is not holding their own boundaries. So, like letting their arm go to sleep and not moving because they think the other person isn't going to want to continue cuddling. I think it makes people more comfortable when you set boundaries and they know that you can take care of yourself. Better to be big spoon or little spoon? <laughs> Both. <laughs> you got to pick one. This is a highly sophisticated podcast. We need to know big spoon or little spoon. Okay. Well, keep in mind that I'm five feet tall. Like, I'm the tiniest human, but I still love to be big spoon. <laughs> How do you big spoon somebody that's so much bigger? So we have one called Lazy Spoon and one called Ladle. Um, 
and these are poses that adapt spooning for somebody my size so that I can actually get body contact with somebody else. Because if I just, like, am a regular big spoon, I'm barely touching you. <laughs> my torso's, like, 12 inches long, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And so we have ways that we've adapted where we can give people more contact by uh, changing the poses a bit. Uh, that's pretty much all the questions I had. Anything that you want to kind of get out there? Anything that you want to promote? Sure. Uh I mean, my, my big push these days is I just completed an online learning portal where I have 68 training modules that people go through. And this is the basic program, by the way. <laughs> uh, and for 79 bucks, somebody can come in and learn all of the concepts and techniques that we use in our business to start one of their own. You guys sound very legitimate. I mean, everything seems to be on the up and up. Are you worried, though, that as you start to expand that this could turn into something else? does turn into something else a lot of the times and that's why we've created the term master cuddler and certified cuddler so uh, people can call themselves a professional cuddler we're going to call ourselves certified cuddlers because that indicates that we've taken this training program and we have uh, signed an oath that we're going to be ethical in the way that we do this work and master cuddler means that not only have I signed that oath and done that training but I've also completed at least 250 session hours with different people so that they know that I have the skill set to really hold space for someone. I want to thank Samantha so much for joining us. I think it's I think it's a really not only just a good idea because obviously people are interested in it, but I think that a professional cuddler is also something that if you really think about it, no matter what kind of reaction you might have right off the bat, it is something that people probably need. If you want to connect with her, we've linked to her on our social media accounts. We're Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we now have a YouTube channel as well. What's special about that is a couple of episodes ago, John Shaw made this startling revelation that he was in fact a yo-yo enthusiast. He had a yo-yo collection. He had paid as much as $100 for a yo-yo, and he could even do yo-yo tricks. Everyone came together. So many of our listeners came together to immediately challenge him to make a Yo-Yo Tricks video. And after weeks of putting it off, he has finally done it. That is now up on our YouTube page. You can watch that in all its glory. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and give John Shaw a call. And he's been a little bit sensitive the last couple of days. So I think that I'm just going to be super overly friendly, like obnoxiously friendly. Hey, buddy. Hey, pal. How are you? Not too bad. How are you doing on this lovely day? I'm fantastic. How How are you all five foot four inches of you? You know, this isn't about me. I just want to know how you're doing. How are you feeling? I. This is the best I've felt in six hours. I mean, I just want to know, are you emotionally, like emotionally, are you good? I'm, I, I haven't been better emotionally. Tell me about your day. <laughs> I, I I care not to speak of my day, nor does anyone that listens to this. No, they really don't. I was gonna try to be really obnoxiously, overly nice to you and see what see how you reacted. That's never happened. And then I would think something's wrong with you. Are you a big cuddler? <laughs> that's that's how you kick off the <laughs> asking me if I'm a cuddler. Yeah, are you a cuddler? Uh, I am not a cuddler. No. Like you won't. How, if you're gonna cuddle. How long How long can you cuddle for? I mean, I usually can't make it through an episode of a television show. 
we talking a 30 minute or an hour program? Probably an hour program. I can probably go a half an hour. What's your what's your cuddle of choice? Like what's your strategy? How are you doing it? See, see it all depends on what the end game is. Good point. Good point. Like am I cuddling f- for a reason or am I cu- you know, like what is the reason? Am I cuddling cuz I'm in the doghouse? Am I cuddling, you know, because I want to have a little, you know, a little action in the bedroom later on, a little wild, wild west action. Why is it the wild, wild west? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's the first. Of the, it's the first thing that came up to my came. It's in my mind. What exactly does wild, wild west sex look like? It's terrible. It's it's a whole it's a whole lot of jumping around and not much action, kind of like a rodeo. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do feel like it's really probably something that no one would want to see. Oh, God, no. Lots of sweating. There's a clown in the corner of the room and a barrel. It's weird. Yeah, what's your cuddle position of choice, though, is what, I'm, what I want to know. <laughs> Usually just something simple, like the arm around the neck, you know, or... or you an uh, arm around the neck. Well, you know, like arm around the shoulders, arm around, you know, like bring them in nice and close, let them, you know, smell the B.O. Wait a minute. Now, how are you sitting? Are you on a couch? Are you both laying down? Or are you just like going old school movie theater arm over the shoulder? Oh, we're going old school. Listen, if you're laying down, there is no cuddling. It's getting straight to go time. I'm talking clothes off, sweat dripping off the, the back, you know, nastiness ensuing. I don't, I don't know if I've ever had back sweat during the act of making love. Well, first off, no one makes love. Secondly, if you haven't had back sweat, then you're not working hard enough. Wait a minute. Where are we talking back sweat? Are we talking like upper back? Are we talking mid back? Are we talking lower back? I'm talking about like it starts like mid shoulder blade and works its way down to your ass crack and then eventually drips off onto her one way or the other. I guess I'm missing out in my life. When you're, you know, you were to gain a couple of pounds, you would realize that. You sweat just taking your shirt off. That's when you know you've, you're too big. Um, did you know that the elf owl is the smallest of all owl species and is actually oh my God. only weighs yeah. only weighs 1.4 ounces, which is the same as basically a slice of bread? This is insane that you would pick an owl. Why? I literally had a story I was going to tell you about an owl not an, an elf owl, but about a snow owl that I saw flying through a parking lot the other day. So basically, you were going to bore us with a story about seeing an owl. Well, I was I was going to find a way to bring it into conversation, but then your animal is an owl, so it all kind of circles back, circle jerking together all the way back to the, the beginning. At what point after you see this owl flying through a parking lot... Which basically is like seeing a bird. It's really probably not that big of a deal. But at what point did you think, wow, this is going to be a great story for the podcast? Well, I was just thinking about it, you know, because it's it was such a cool, majestic animal. And I was kind of secretly hoping you would do like an owl for your animal of the week. To me, it makes a difference what store parking lot the owl was flying over. If it was a Kmart, I feel much more interested than if it was like a J.C. Penney's or a Macy's. It was in a strip mall, and I believe the tree it came from would have been in front of a Michael. Ah, see, to me, that's just kind of a wash. I'm not interested in it really necessarily in it just flying across a Michael's. 
I think the store had to be different for me to really be interested in it. More interesting is why you were at Michael's. Because I was being a good husband. What are you buying at Michael's? I wasn't buying anything at Michael's. I was being a chauffeur to my wife who wanted to go into Michael's. What did she buy at Michael's? Chalkboard something. Oh. I, I, didn't, I don't even know. Have you ever just said, I'm going to sit in the car? What's the longest you would sit in a car rather than go into a store? I don't think I've ever just sat in a car. I don't know. I usually go in because I'm a supportive, loving, caring husband. What's the longest, though, that if like she was going into a store you really didn't want to go into, what's the longest you would sit in the car? 10 to 20, probably. That's, I'd go as high as 45 minutes. Well, I guess it would depend. Like, is my daughter with her? Like, do I get a couple of moments alone? <laughs> or, like, is the kid in the car with me while we wait for her? Here's what I'm thinking. Stores like that, Hobby Lobby, Michaels, when I go into those, I literally feel sick. Like, they make me feel sick. If my wife was going to go into one of those, I would wait in the car. It's like I'm staying in the car, and I would sit there staring at the steering wheel for at least 45 minutes before I even started to get upset. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mind those stores. Like, I don't mind going into stores and, and walking around. But what but... if it's just a store of nothing but crap? Like, it's just crap. All Everything that's in that is crap. It's just crap. But, I, I mean, I guess it's it's not necessarily crap. All I mean, of it. Now, if it's like Kohl's or JCPenney's or, or a clothing store, then I could sit in the car and stare at the steering wheel for 45 minutes. I have no desire to go clothes shopping at all. Yeah, I can just see you just dragging your stupid feet. Ooh, I want to be here. That's kind of hurtful, but I'll take it. I'll take it. For people, for, for our listeners, all three of them who have not seen John, John is like Baby Huey, basically. You called me Baby Huey since the first time we met each other. Why? Because I'm like a 250-pound baby? Yeah, pretty much. I can't grow facial hair, and I just have this sad, depressed look on my face the entire time. Yeah, yeah, you do generally look kind of depressed. You're not depressed, but you generally have like a resting, depressed look to you. Changing topics. I, I, I want to ask you what you would do in this situation. Okay, is it so, about the owl? No, but it happened in the same trip as the owl sighting. Okay. So we were at a at a food establishment, and I was in the car waiting while my wife was picking up a, a carryout order. You didn't go in? No, I didn't go in. Anyways. Why didn't you go in? That's the man's job is to go in and pick up the food. She's supposed to be waiting in the car. You're supposed to be a gentleman. I was driving. That makes no difference to me. If I pull up there, I'm going in to get the food. I'm a gentleman. Anyways, that has nothing to do with the story. I think it has everything to do with the story. So I, I pull into the parking spot. I am literally in the middle of the yellow lines. The car next to me is sideways or as much of an angle as you can be within the two parking spots or within the parking spot and i'm next to that car a gentleman and his i don't know what she is wife fiance girlfriend comes out he makes eye contact with me knows that i'm in the car still has no disregard obviously for anything Opens his car door right into my car door. Ooh. <laughs> he saw you and still did it? Yes. There was three avenues that I could have traveled, I feel. One was stay in the car 
and be the bigger person and just move on. Two was make a scene in front of my young daughter, and they had some kids as well, and see what happens. Or three, I could have tried to berate him and get on his nerves, which he probably wasn't going to care anyways, because he knew that I was there and still did it. What 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 do you do in that situation? I'm gonna need to know what restaurant it was. It was a uh, Pizza Popolis. So, in terms of the pizza hierarchy, is that moderately priced, cheap, or is that kind of a nicer place? It's moderate. I mean, it's moderately priced. So it's like it's it's is it below Pizza Hut? No, it's above Pizza Hut. Okay, so the reason that I ask is I need to know the quality of the potential individual that we're talking about. If it's a <laughs> if it's like a Little Caesars, you shouldn't do anything because that person probably has a gun. <laughs> or probably has some sort of criminal record in which you are going to somehow regret the fact that he's willing to go back to jail. That's fair. Ah, the wife is is she still in the car when it happens? She's coming out of the out of the restaurant at the same time with the food. Did she see it? No, she did not see it. The thing is, is that if my wife is in the car or if she knows about it, then just to save face as a man, I've got to do something. Like, all right, I've got to say something because otherwise six years from now she's going to bring up the time at Pizza Popolis when I let this guy just ding our car and didn't do anything, and because of that I'm unfit to raise our children. <laughs> that did cross my mind. That did. Yeah, if, if, if she doesn't see it, I think you can kind of just let it slide because ultimately I'm a big believer in that patience Patience is the is the ultimate thing, and if you just let it slide, that person is probably going to pull out into traffic and get hit, and then you can just drive <laughs> off. Well, I mean, they had like four or five kids, so I hope that's not the case. But if Did- he was to be alone driving... And got sideswiped. I probably wouldn't care. Did the children all appear to be of the same parentage? I, I, I cannot comment on that. Okay. I feel like that makes a difference as well. Because if you're outside of a low-class pizza place, and your wife is there, and all of the children appear to be of different parentages, that's, that's, that's an altercation that ends up on the hood of one person's car. Plus, I feel like that's the thing where you get out raging... But you try to, like, get out really fast, but your seatbelt's still on, and then you look like more of an idiot. Well, when I would have got, if I would have gotten out raging, my radio would have been on Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls blaring. So imagine what that would have been like. Was the owl sighting before or after? Before. If I was an owl, what, what restaurant would you hang out at if you were an owl? Probably, like, one of these skimpy, dumpy... Chinese food restaurants, because you know they're just going to be dumping shit out all day. No, dude, you hang out at Hooters. Oh, God, I can't believe I fell for that. <laughs> you walked right into it. I thought for, <laughs> oh my God. I thought for sure you were going to bail out, but you just kept right on going into it. Oh, God, it was amazing. That's basically the highlight of my day. John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 pew. John's Fast Five. <laughs> John's Fast Five. My turn! My turn! In a second. Wait. Shh.
This isn't going to work while he's out awake. You know that, right? Do you have a fast five or were you somehow able not to find time to do it? No, I have a fast five. And of course, it's uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's themed. Okay. Well, I mean, this episode will air after New Year's. We'll be in 2019. This is our first episode of 2019. Go on, though. Yeah. So, So to kick off the fast five. And it's more of a question than anything. Is so there's they they say there's supposed to be ten to thirty million people in the New York Times Square area to watch the ball drop. Would you, in your right mind, ever be one of those people? No, that sounds horrible to me. The average wait for a bathroom from the front of the line, the front of the barricade, to get to the bathroom is over a five hour wait on New Year's Eve. That, that to me, is the most... See, that's why I've never understood being at the front of a concert. Like, what if you've got to pee? you got to go all the way back through that stuff. Did you know that 3% of the people that kiss a random stranger on New Year's Eve will contract an STD from that kiss? <laughs> what a way to go into the new year with a case of the herb. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big New Year's resolution person. Are you a big New Year's resolution person? Do you have one this year? Uh, I, I have thought of some, yes. I normally don't say them out loud. Cause, Why not? Because I don't think anyone gives a shit. Well, just tell them, and then if they're not interesting, I'll edit them out. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're the same that I, I would think most people have. You know, I want to I wanna eat better. I want to, you know, try to become better at, at some, some areas of life. What areas uh, of know? life? Why won't you just tell us? Because <laughs> they're personal. So? Okay, fine. I don't want my back to sweat during sex, okay? Leave me alone. That's a good New Year's resolution. <laughs> um, did you know that the elf owl frequently makes its home in cacti? There's an owl that lives in cactuses? It's cacti. That's the plural of cactus. It's cacti. No, no. Cactuses are cactuses. No, that's not. You're talking to someone who lives in Arizona. Cacti is the plural of cactus. You have one cactus and you have multiple cacti. So have you have you ever intentionally touched a cactus with the intents of seeing how prickly it was? No, because they fucking hurt. I don't I don't believe it. Yeah, touch one or bump up against one and you will severely regret that. Do it. Send me a cactus and I'll do it live on social media. Okay. <laughs> I'll mail you. I will absolutely mail you a cactus if you just full hand smash it. Um, I mean, can I just touch it? Do I have to like break my hand on it? No, I mean you don't have to like hand smash it, but you also can't be dainty about it. You've got to kind of put your hand in it with twenty five percent force. Okay, that's fair. Like I, it, I could make that bet. Um, is there any more of the fast five, or do you want to move on to the top five? We, I mean, we might as well move on to the top five, because I still have no idea, like, what you're trying to get at. What do you mean? I, well, the, I mean, the top five, I, comebacks? Yeah. Comebacks? Yeah, okay, so. I send you one, and you tell me that it's not good. Okay, well, you can do whatever you want for them. What we're doing is the top five generic comebacks. Like when somebody insults you or does something, and you can't think of anything specific, so you just say this. Okay. 
my number one is, 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 or my number five, rather, going from five to one, my number five generic comeback is just, oh, fuck you. I mean, I think that's probably the most commonly used two words in the English uh, language, probably. Well, I mean, that's probably not in anywhere close to being correct, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, my number five, and I, I don't even know if this is correct, but I have eat shit and die. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like eat shit and die. <laughs> um, but wait, you have eat shit and die, and you don't have fuck you on the list. I do not have fuck you on the list. No. Wow. My number four is eat a dick. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I feel like eat a dick is much better than like suck my dick. Eat a dick <laughs> to me just is much more, much more. I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but I imagine that being just a better insult. Like, eating it is a lot different. Uh, so my number four is not a word. It's just when when you insult someone and they just basically turn around and walk away. Silence. <laughs> Silence? Yeah. I hate that. I fucking hate it. <laughs> like, if I'm if I'm taking the time to, to berate you or to speak my mind and all you do is turn around and walk away... It makes me want to hit you in the back of a steel chair. God, that's such an easy victory for that person, too. That's 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 not even number one. That's number zero. Like, it's so high up there. It's just on such another level. Like, just walking off. Like, what you have just said to me doesn't even mean anything to me. <laughs> like, you mean... Yeah, exactly. Like, you mean absolutely nothing to me. I'm. O- I was only listening to you because I feel sorry for you, and now I'm going back to my life. Turn the channel. What's your number three? Uh, ass hat or ass clown? I feel like that's pretty weak, to be honest with you. I don't think that deserves to be on the list. I, I, maybe it's just in my circle. I don't know. I, I, I was exposed to that a lot growing up. I could imagine um, that you were. I have your mom. Whenever you can make fun of somebody's mom, I think that's a number three. So your mom, I have that as my number two. You have your mom as number two? Yeah, because... I'm, a, I'm actually, it kind of actually pisses me off every time I hear somebody say your mom now. Because uh, it makes no goddamn sense at all to me. Yeah, well. Like, does it make sense to you? No, but, well, yeah. I mean, you're just making fun of the person's mom. They just go, your mom. And then you go, my mom what? And then they'll say, oh, well, I fucked her two years ago. Like, that makes no sense. No, yeah. But it makes me feel like I won. Have you ever had somebody get, like, really defensive, like, you don't know my mom? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, or or they like. I have also had it where they try to make you feel like a dick. Where they're like, "Oh yeah, well, thanks. My mom died six months ago." Yeah, I feel like that's why your mom is now kind of losing its popularity. My number two is just repeating what that person said. Oh my, the, the mocking game. Yeah, I have. That's that's like the silence game to me, which I don't have the mocking game on. But yeah, that that is that pisses me off just as much as the silence game. What is your number one? So it doesn't get much more generic than this. But my my number one is just okay. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> it's not a comeback at all. <laughs> what is wrong with you? No, it's like when you're. It's like when you're like, oh hey, go fuck yourself, blah blah blah. You're a douchebag, and then the other person just goes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
I guess it's all in the delivery of it. It, it could be really bad and, like, that guy's a jackass and has no comeback or that guy just crushed you. Or that guy's, like, a lyrical genius and all he needs is two letters to absolutely, like, destroy your soul. Somehow I feel like the okay, the O and then the K, is not as effective as the O-K-A-Y. Well, but I think you say them differently, though. So, like, the okay, just the okay would be like, okay. And then I feel like the O-K-A-Y is like someone going, okay. Yeah. See, that's why I feel like the okay... Like, okay. <laughs> that's even. Exactly. That fucking shit right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a crusher. That's that a makes crusher. I want to clothesline you to hell. Um, are you, and for my number one, I need you to insult me. And Nick, you're not a real man because you're only five foot four. Me, 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 me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking annoying. Yeah, that's a crusher when somebody is just like, me, 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 me. Oh my god! It's even worse when like they turn away from you, and they just look at somebody else and are like, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> "I'm gonna and get you." Uh, I'm actually quite surprised at how easy this top five turned out to be. That was I, a good topic. I thought it was gonna be a disaster. I, <laughs> I'm well. First off, you have five of them, so con- congratulations on that. Secondly, uh. Worked out fine. I think a lot of people can relate. You know who suggested this list to me? Your mom. (laughs) Okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, and share. It really helps us out. I want to thank Samantha Hess for... Samantha. Samantha Hess from Cuddle Up to Me. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I want to leave you with this. Somehow, John Scholl and I got into a conversation about continents. We are actually listened to on six of the seven continents. What's the only continent we're not listened to on? Africa? Just take a guess. I'm going to say Africa. No. Oh. Can you name the seven continents? Of course I can name the seven continents. Let's hear it. Antarctica, Africa, Europe... Uh, Australia, Asia, North America, South America. You realize that was eight? No. No, that's seven. Wait, wasn't it? I thought it was eight. What did you say it was? (laughs) Go back and listen to it. It's only seven. It's North America, South America, Antarctica, Asia, Europe, uh... Africa, and, uh, where am I fucking from? Now now you got me fucked up. Antarctica, seven. No, you said Antarctica twice. Antarctica, Asia, Europe, Africa, North America, South America. Which which one am I forgetting? Why are you not just picturing it in your head on the map? I mean, I can do it right now. It's North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Australia, Antarctica, and Africa. Yeah, well, I said Australia the first time. That's the one I forgot the second time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I had said seven. Don't you try to fuck me up on that.